Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it's 12.35 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich with you in for Bob Stoffer this week. But Bob will join us here very shortly to discuss the news of the day. Well, maybe the news of the offseason here for the Oilers as Andre Sekera goes down with an Achilles injury. Some guests on Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. A reminder that every Wednesday is date night at Roos Chris where two can dine for $120. That's tonight. Check it out. It's a great spot to take any date. All right. Bob Stoffer joins us on his holiday. Bob, how is the uh, staycation going? Uh, well, we're going to be in and out of town, but it's going all right right now. How are you doing? Not bad. You know, I'm excited. Bye. We have some Oilers news to talk about, but it's not good news, and uh, you really feel for the player as well in this situation. Well, and that's, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Look, you opened up with uh, Sounds of Silence, and I think you got to modernize things, Brendan. Uh, I, I'm going to recommend the Disturbed version of that song uh, moving forward on Oilers now, so keep that in mind. Uh, it was disturbing news for Edmonton to a point. Uh, I don't believe that the sky is falling in, and I'll explain why on that front. And this is not me spinning. This is just my own personal interpretation. But 100% tough news for Andre Secker. I mean, he, he's a popular guy. He's sort of an understated presence. Uh, he wasn't specific. Uh, not that there was cliques, but he was a guy capable. He was just a good guy, an easygoing guy to be around. Any guy that allows himself to be called Reg is probably a pretty good going, uh, easygoing guy. So, uh, And you're right, uh, as you mentioned in your open, he had, a, he had a terrific season two years ago. I do think the injury to Sekra played a factor in the Oilers losing the series against Anaheim. I mean, he got hurt in game five. The Oilers lost game five in overtime, blowing a 3 nothing lead. Is it possible he would have been on the ice? Absolutely. And, and then they lost in game seven, another one-goal game. So they missed him, certainly, uh, during the course, you know, once he got hurt, his absence, based upon the level of play that he was at in 2016-17 with Mammoth. That said, the uh, the injury last year, and, and I'll be honest, I thought, you know, maybe he could come back 30 games left in the season and, and, and give the Oilers some juice, and, and obviously he didn't have it when he came back. The best he looked was at the World Championships. I personally was not counting on him being a 22-minute-a-game defenseman. Now, I will tell you that there's people that I've spoken to uh, in the Oilers organization that had him playing maybe a few more minutes than I thought he was going to be playing. Because I really looked at the two left-shot guys, and for me, 
given the progression that Nurse had made last year uh, and a healthy Clefbaum, I was of the belief that Clefbaum and Nurse needed to be playing, you know, 21 minutes each a game and, and maybe Sekera 16, 17. Um, now that said, now we have the injury. It's, you know, an Achilles, which is just an awful thing to come back from. He's now, you know, in a span of 15 months, he's had for a player of his age, and he wasn't particularly fast to begin with. He was smart. He was in good spots. But at this stage in his career, it's going to be a significant challenge for him to ever get back to the level that he was at 2016-17. So uh, it's a loss. Um, I don't think the, 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 the sky's falling in. I think that uh, the Oilers obviously are going to be able to use the LTIR and the cap space moving forward. And a lot of people want to see something immediate happen. I don't foresee that happening. Uh, I think you take the quotes that uh, Jim Matheson got last night from Peter Shirelli, and I don't think that, you know, if you interpret what he said, I don't think you'd go running off and immediately, you know, trade yes to Paul Yarby for Justin Falk. Um, you know, not, and I'll get more specific in a Falk in a second here, but I, I just look at it, let's see where we're at training camp and see what opportunities present itself. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe something falls in their lap. But I do think they can work around it, at least in the short term. But maybe I'm the eternal optimist. For the, I just don't think this is a skies falling in situation. If, if Connor McDavid was hurt and gone for six months, we're having a different conversation. Well, yeah, I do still like what they have on the left side, Bob, with Clefbaum and Nurse. And I am a believer in Clefbaum and Benning. But... And also Bouchard long-term, too. But you just look at all of this, and it's it's ifs, I guess, at this at this time right now here in the offseason. We don't know what those players are going to do uh, when it comes to this season. So I get that's why I'm a little concerned, saying at least we knew, knew Sekera as a veteran, although he's coming off the injury, could maybe play 20 minutes. I know you said you don't know what his minutes would look like sort of thing, but at least he was a steady, reliable veteran that could likely play in your top four. So now it's like... We're, we're looking at the situation here, and we believe in these players because I know you do as well, in Clefbaum especially, coming back to form here. But it's just, what if one of those things doesn't go the Oilers' way? Then what are we looking at? Right, and that's, and that's a, a fair thing. And, and for the record, I, you know, I thought that Sacramento was going to be hard-pressed to play 20 based on what I saw in the back half of last season, okay? And yep. the other thing is, I thought Nurse and Clefbaum are both capable of playing those sort of minutes. I also didn't have Sakura penciled in on the power play. Uh, for me, he was, you know, I do think that this increases the chances of Bouchard getting a longer look, but I always thought Bouchard was going to get nine games to begin with. You know, he comes out of that pro environment. So the challenge is, do the Oilers, I, I think what's going to happen here is maybe they bring somebody in on a, P, you know, I could foresee them bringing in a forward in on a PTO and seeing a defenseman now potentially coming in on a PTO as well. I would suggest that the defenseman likely is either going to be a right shot or has the ability at times to play on the right side. Um, and and then you address, you know, how far Bouchard is. Uh, I'm not a guy, I, I know there's fans listening right now that think that Ethan Kabera can step in and play. I don't think that's the case. Not what I saw down the stretch. Um, I think Ethan probably needs three quarters of a year still in the minors. Uh, Bouchard, and I, I know that people want to jump all over one game that he played in the uh, the summer showcase for the uh, for the major junior guys with Team Canada. But to, to me, Bouchard has a better chance 
to be here at the start than uh, than Bear, in my opinion. But doesn't mean that you know Bear didn't have a terrific off-season training. Comes in and knocks off. But again, based on what I saw down the stretch last year, I think in in time both Bouchard and Bear are going to be right shot options to run power plays for the Oilers. Just not convinced that time is right now. So I don't see the team making a blockbuster move to address the absence of Sekra. Instead, I think there would be a more patient approach and when the opportunity knocks. But I am going to provide a scenario right now, Brendan. You want to get to that? Yeah. Do you know what Justin Falk is actually being paid this season? Like not his cap hit, what he's being paid? Yes. No, I'm assuming it's uh, lower than the cap hit. It's $6 million for each of the next two years. He's a $4.83 million cap hit. Okay, so he's making more than the cap hit. Right. And we know that Carolina is, uh, when Carolina was interviewing for general manager's position, they were looking to get GMs in the range of three hundred fifty dollars to $500,000. Mm-hmm. There is assistant general managers in the league making more than that. Okay? Uh, there is a, now, there's a financially prudent approach that Carolina is going to take. They have Dougie Hamilton and they have uh, Brett Pesci on the right side. So they really, and they have Trevor Van Riemsdyk, who I would argue is a decent third-pairing right shot defenseman. Now, is this a guy in time? Maybe not right now, but when you got to start, just think about this: when you have to start paying guys, which is when the regular season starts, where maybe the opportunities in the window opens up better at that time than it does in the offseason. I guess we'll see. The other thing is, Carolina will have a better handle where Martin Netches and Andre Svechnikov are going to be. Now, I fully believe both those guys are going to be on their club. So, Well, I know, you know, I know you love Nekas in the preseason last year, but I he was outstanding. That. I mean, if he was, you know, Edmonton, if Edmonton could have traded to 11 and 12, you know, I think he went 11. I believe they would have done that. I, that's so much they like the players. So um, there is a scenario. There is a type of guy that could pop free. Do I think that Falk's uh, a top-two defenseman? No. Did he play crappy last year? Yeah, he did. I was he horrendous against the Oilers. He had a tough night against Edmonton. Like he, uh, he had one puck go in off him, and he gave away two pucks to Legicals. Like he had a tough season. He looked a little thick for me, for my liking, and far be it for me to judge. But I didn't necessarily, you know, I thought he was. I think he can play as a second pairing right shot defenseman. But if you're, you know, our listeners, they know the game. Is he going to play ahead of Dougie Hamilton and Brett Pesci? Especially no. with this new, you know, so there's the type of guy, but it might not happen where maybe the asking price for Carolina, when the rubber hits the road, they got to start paying the guy. Maybe that asking price actually drops come October the 7th. The other thing is he has a 15 team no trade list for the next two years, but I think he's at the stage where if he got an opportunity to be on, on a first unit power play somewhere, you know, uh, that he'd be open to going wherever. So, and obviously, given that Sekera is going to be, in my mind, out minimum six months, you know, the owners could apply, uh, uh, you know, the cap savings on the LTR back to, uh, to to fitting in a player like that. I'm not saying that there's anything close. I'm saying that's the type of thing that might make sense and might make sense more come October 7th than it does uh, right now. And the reverse of this is what happened with Peter Shirelli in Boston and... Uh, with Stan Bowman in Chicago when Gar Snow waited and in a span of 20, uh, what, less than uh, two hours, 
got Nick Letty and Johnny Boychuk when both Chicago and Boston had cap issues. This is a different scenario because in this scenario, Carolina has a self-imposed team cap, and if you're them, you're looking at it going, do we really need Justin Falk on our third pairing right shot D when we can play Van Reems, Trevor Van Reemsdijk there and ride Hamilton and Pesci, you know, 46, 47 minutes a game. So, I don't know, food for thought on that front. Uh, I don't know how the deal would work or anything like that. Again, I don't even know if the conversation would, has, he, has it ever occurred on Justin Falk. We believe where there's smoke, there's fire. And, I, I, again, I don't believe we're talking Ryan Nugent Hopkins or somebody like that. So, hmm. that, yeah. that, you know, that, that's, that's interesting. Like, yeah. Let's see what happens in the preseason. Let's see where Bouchard and Bear are at. Let's see if they bring in somebody on a PTO. Well, let's go back to that PTO options here quickly, Bob. Would uh, Davidson be a guy you would consider? Enstrom's out there. Sabiza, any of those guys make any sense to you? Um, no to Enstrom. Left shot, smart, can move the puck, but coming off an injury. Uh, Sabiza, I'm not sure. What, what, is his, what, what, what does he do? What does he do well? What, what's he accepting? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I wouldn't consider uh, him either. For me, Davidson, I'd have, you know, and saying that, I think Sabiza, you know, proved last year in Vegas he played. He's, he's a useful player. I, I mean, I, I guess I'd be open to Sabisa and Davidson. They're both left shots. Uh, Brandon's played a little bit on the right side. Maybe somebody that's watched Vancouver a lot can educate us on Sabisa as to how much he's played over on the right side. But, uh, you know, why not one of those guys? Sure. What about uh, Gravel? How does this affect his situation? I'd say that he has a better chance today than he had yesterday of picking a stick here at the start. I I had him on the team to start the like I thought the orders might go thirteen and eight to start the year. I think they yeah, you know, I gotta check what the rules are. But uh they might because, you know, we're gonna be an exhibition season still when they're over in Germany, Edmonton might be able to travel an extra player or two. But I, I kinda had Gravel and Bouchard both making the trip to Germany. Yeah, I think that makes sense. For sure. So um you know we'll wait and see on that front. Uh you mentioned the long-term IR. Like, what do you know how that works? How much cap relief Edmonton do the Oilers get? get? Edmonton has to get above it to apply. That's how. That's how it works. Okay. So get, they would have right. So they would have to be above, and again, rookie bonus. I don't even know how you factor in the rookie bonuses because I think that on average, uh, Bouchard's like a one point seven cap hit if you apply the rookie bonus, and I think that. Pull Yarby's at like 3.4 if you apply the cap hit. So when you sit there and go on cap friendly, it reads 925,000. But as Edmonton found out with McDavid and Dreisaitl, you know, they had $5 million in bonuses that got hit or close to $5 million one year. And then some of that got carried over moving forward, and that made things a little bit more challenging from a cap perspective. So I'd have to look into the specifics, and unfortunately, um, the guy I would talk to about that is currently out of town. So I'm not sure, uh, you know, my understanding is you've actually got to be at it to apply it. And the other thing, I guess, Bob, is uh, you have Nurse still not signed. So are you still of the, the nature that it will still be a two-year bridge? Or, you know, what yeah, the I, LTIR I, could I, they go on to? If I was Darnell, I would sign the bridge. Okay. And, and try to work my way in a position where I'm on one of the power play units to drive his offensive numbers. He's going to come in three to three point two five per year in a two-year deal. That's my guess. 
No worries. Yeah, so I guess that's where we're at, Bob. Um, I don't know, anything else uh, you wanted to hit on here while nope. we have you? Because no, uh, that's just, sort of the I dominating mean, story. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I don't think, again, I don't think the, the if, if the orders were to lose Connor McDavid for half a season or Leon Dreisaitl, that would be a catastrophic injury for this team. I like Sacker as a person. He's a terrific guy. But I'm not, I wasn't convinced that he was going to get all the way back anyways. And so this is tough for him. I'll be amazed. Like, I mean, think about it. In a 15-month span, basically, he's torn his ACL and now uh, shredded his Achilles tendon. Like, I mean, I just, I, I have nothing but empathy for him. He's a terrific player, a terrific guy, and he was a really good player for the Oilers a couple of years ago. But it was a long way for him to get back to where he was to begin with. So, and, and again, I just look at what, I mean, they do have a little bit of, I mean, what's the term that gets used around town? Lethorium to describe the amount of left shot D they have. The only, I mean, there is one thing. I mean, Joel Person's a right shot guy right now being loaned over in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Manta, I haven't got an update of late on him, but there's a possibility he may never play again. And now you don't have Sekra. That's three contracts for defensemen that, you know, the Oilers may not get any option for either the NHL or the American Hockey League. That's, uh, you know, right now I think the teams at either 45 or 46. I think they're at 46 contracts if they sign a. Uh, I still think they might sign uh, a veteran center for the American Hockey League that that uh, would go on an NHL deal. So that would get them to 46 contracts, which is why they could bring in a PTO forward and a PTO defenseman if they like. Don't forget, two years ago or what year we got? Two years ago they brought in both for Stig and brought Drybin on PTOs. You know. Um, Scotty Upshaw is a guy that's gone in on PTOs too the last three years and got NHL deals. So players can earn contracts in there, so let's keep an eye on that as well. Okay, Bob. Well, we'll leave it at that. Um, we'll let you get back to your holiday. If uh, nurse Talk signs, though, week, we'll bring you on for sure. Sure. Yeah, okay, bye-bye. that's Bob Stoffer, regular host of this program, taking some time off here ahead of the season. It's 12.52 in Edmonton. We will uh, come back with NHL today. More of your text messages as well. That's all ahead here on Oilers Now. Fifty-four and Edmonton back here on Oilers now. Brendan Ulrich in for Bob Stoffer. Brad Whisker in studio now with NHL today for friends over at Elite Promotional Marketing. More than just sportswear. Thanks, BU. You've heard it all hour with Bob, and you took some calls in the first half hour of the show. Andre Sekera tearing the Achilles. He's undergone surgery. He will be out for the foreseeable future. Other sad news from the Oilers. Amateur scout Frank Jay has passed away. He also spent time with Montreal, Ottawa, Quebec, and New Jersey. Jay was 67 years old. Just last month, the Oilers also lost chief European scout Vaclav Berta, who died in a car crash. The Florida Panthers have signed free agent center Mark Letestu to a professional tryout contract to attend training camp. Letestu, of course, split his time last season between the Oilers and Columbus Blue Jackets. The 33-year-old scored nine goals, 14 assists, over 80 games. The Vancouver Canucks are looking to lock up Brock Besser long-term. Besser led the Canucks with 29 goals last season. He has one year remaining on his entry-level contract. 
A few players have decided to leave the NHL for Europe. Paul Postma signed it with a team in the KHL, while Tommy Wingles and Lance Boma will spend next season in Switzerland. And in Oil Kings news, general manager Kurt Hill has announced that the team has hired Jamie Porter as director of scouting. Porter spent the last two seasons as director of hockey operations with the Swift Current Broncos. You will hear Jamie Porter on Oilers now in about 10 minutes. That's NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing, more than just sportswear. All right, so we will have Jamie on, as Brad mentioned there at 105. We'll try to sprinkle in more uh, Sekera reaction as we go here. Um, we have Kepler in studio 135 from our friends over at uh, 92.5, the Chuck. Uh, so that's all ahead. And I know Sakura is the uh, hot topic here, so we'll try to get some more interaction as we move along. I have a bunch of text messages coming in. I know we are going Oil King heavy here in the 1 o'clock hour, but uh, they made some big news today with uh, Jamie Porter being hired as the director of scouting and uh, Matthew Robertson as well, who will be a big, uh, you know, big piece for that team this season in his draft year, so we'll get to him at 1.15. But we will try to fit in some more uh, Sakura reaction. Uh, Sean has texted in too many question marks elsewhere for the Sakura injury to really be that impactful, which I'm not sure it is at this point. Too many, in fact, the legit good teams don't have these question marks. This is a no in between team, in my opinion. Either the stars all align with all the question marks and it's they contend for the division are not enough of the ifs come together and it's a lottery team again there's no in between and the management is gambling on players bouncing back to two seasons ago for the second off season in a row not sure that was smart from sean kevin says bu we need to get pareko enough said well yes i would love pareko to be common edmonton oilers but that's not likely going to happen i just don't see st louis parting with him if they did, it would cost the Oilers a lot, and I don't know what that uh, would be. So, I I would say that's not likely. But yes, if you get Pareko, obviously, I'd be all in. But uh, I just don't see any reason why St. Louis would want to move Pareko at this point. It's uh, 12.58 in Edmonton. More text messages as we move forward on the show. But right now, we need to take a break for the 1 o'clock news with Eileen Bell. When we come back, we'll be joined by Jamie Porter. He is the Oil Kings Director of Scouting. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.